to the Chile Today podcast. I'm Bethany Francis. And I'm Alicia Lubin. We're two broads living abroad, broadcasting from Santiago, Chile. We explore Chilean news, cultural topics, travel, business, and more. The Chile Today podcast is the first ever bi-weekly English-speaking Chilean news podcast. To learn more about the news topics you'll hear today... Oh... Oh, you scroll down to it. Check out chiletoday.cl and enjoy quick updates from around the country on Instagram and at chiletodaynews. If you enjoy the podcast, please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Also, if you're feeling generous, rate and review us and share our episodes on your Instagram stories. If you'd like to hear about a certain topic, have a story to share, or would like to ask a question, contact us directly through Instagram at chiletodaypodcast. We nailed that one. It's so good. We did that really well. I'm going to memorize this. I swear to God. What episode are we on? Seven? Nope. That's not Seven it. Seven plus, plus ten, ten or something. Plus three? Four? I don't do math. I'm bad at cal- calculus. Nope. How are you? How was your Thanksgiving uh, weekend? It was good. We celebrated with the employees with Persian and Venezuelan food. So I had I like a that. super Persian Venezuelan Thanksgiving. I love that. I had a very gringo Thanksgiving with the turkey and then uh, the cutting the turkey ceremony and all those things that happened. Casseroles. Oh, casseroles. There were casseroles. Girl, speak to me in casserole. I know you know that from like, yeah. your... Oh my your god. Roots. Just throw everything in a pan because you're tired and you're a working mom and you just gotta feed the family. What's your favorite casserole? I have to know. Everyone's dying to know, I'm sure. Oh. So, I don't know if it counts as a casserole. But chicken spaghetti? Yeah. Had chicken spaghetti? No, but it sounds very casserole-esque. Yeah, cream of mushroom soup, cream of chicken. Uh, You cook spaghetti in chicken broth. You cut up the chicken. You put some rotel in there. Obviously, I'm saying all these things that are not available in Chile. I found rotel here. No, yes. Every once in a while, you can, here we go, find rotel at Kiosk Club. Where is that? Kiosk Club. Okay. (laughs) And you can find cream of mushroom soup at Kiosk Club also. But cream of chicken soup is harder to find. Yeah, I haven't seen that out here. Yeah, this is one of those examples of things where it's like recipes from the U.S. that are super easy. Just throw a can of this, throw a can of that. But here it's like, make your own cream of mushroom soup, make your own cream of chicken soup, then put them in the casserole dish, and it's like, no. That's an artisan casserole. Yeah, that's a casserole that I'm not rolling with. Rolling with? No. 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 Oh, oh. So, yeah, that's what's been happening to me. I'm super excited because I'm going on vacation this weekend. Where are you going? Uh, so, I'm going to Kulchawa Valley, which is a vineyard. I'm going to send you guys uh, on Instagram some cool videos. For this episode, you're going For this specifically episode. to wine country. Yeah, we're getting drunk again, you guys. I know you love it when that happens. I know you love to hear us slur our words. This one's going to be real professional, though, because we're getting somebody who actually knows things about wine to come here and tell us about wine in Chile. So it won't be like uh, our other cocktail (laughs) episodes where basically I was like, this cocktail is a cocktail that has the word cock in it. I'm picking up um, slight notes of alcohol on the palate. A little bit of rubbing alcohol mixed with grapes. Mixed with grapes. Yeah, and to prepare for this wine tasting, Bethany and I are sipping on some coffee. Right. Is coffee bad to have right before a wine tasting? We're going to find out. Yeah. We'll let you know. Yeah. In fact. Yeah. <laughs> I <laughs> guess it's not the best. How do I clean my palate? I feel like brushing my teeth would be worse. Wait, we should do both. 
just to we could do a to control. give you okay so here's the thing we're going to let you know what these wines taste like before right after coffee and then after brushing our teeth does it change the what is it the 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 flavor the, the, we, on the mouth on the on, in your mouth in the mouth <laughs> on the mouth does it change it in your mouth We'll let you know. That's what we do, folks. Science, yeah, we, culture, math, math, everything for you. For you. So uh, hopefully you'll learn something today. Uh, we'll try to allow our friend Jessica to be very professional. She'll have to like tie us to a chair yeah. to, to get us to be serious about this wine. Oh, I see Pinguino's breaking out the duct tape. Pro oh, presumably no. for our mouths. Yeah, presumably. How are we going to try the wine if our mouths Intravenously, are... perhaps? <sighs> Is that... No. Uh, it, it works. It, the president says it works for bleach, Bethany. Oh, okay. So it works Sorry. for wine, clearly. Uh, I got you. He's at least president for the next month and a half. And then we'll see what happens. Maybe he's the next president for life. Who knows? Who could say? Stay tuned. <laughs> stay, stay tuned. Just coffee. And stay, stay tuned for the season finale of America. So <laughs> we'll let you know. And anyway, we have a great episode for you today. We have wine. Uh, if you like alcohol episodes, we have a beer episode and we have two cocktail episodes from Chile. So check those out. You might learn one or two things, but probably not. Yeah. Bye. Or not bye, but bye. See stay you tuned. In a second. <laughs>。stories for you this week first off dozens of former members of dictator augusto pinochet's intelligence service the dina were acquitted on saturday november 29th for their role in the part of the colombo case 30 agents who previously were convicted as perpetrators of the abduction and killing of 16 of the 119 victims of the notorious event as well as 31 con convicted accomplices will now walk free according to the Court of Appeals in Santiago in its ruling overturning the prior convictions. 42 other former agents of the Feared Intelligence Service were sentenced, but none of them will see prison time for the specific case due to the conditional remissions. Among the convicted is Miguel Kransnov, who is currently serving more than 150 years for human rights violations in over 91 cases. Between June 1974 and January 1975, 16 members of the left-wing group Movimiento de Izquierda Revolucionaria were kidnapped and killed. The remains of most of the victims were never found. Other victims in the Colombo case, not included on Saturday's ruling, were members of the Communist Party, the Socialist Party, and several other movements. Part of the Colombo case was a massive mis misinformation campaign which aimed to frame the deaths of the victims as a result of internal conflicts or because of foreign interference. National newspapers such as El Mercurio and La Tercera cooperated, as well as several magazines and other Latin American dictatorships. In COVID-related news, the Ministry of Health, of Health has announced that the entire metropolitan region will move back to Phase 2 starting on Thursday, December 10th, meaning a lockdown during the weekends. On Saturday, December 5th, President Piñera was spotted on the Cachagua Beach not wearing a mask. This weekend, the Ministry of Health warned of the danger of a second wave and reported 1,700 new cases, 560,382 in total, and 15,628 deaths to date. President Pinera took photos with some folks, and these pictures were uploaded to social media. Government officials say they didn't know if the photos were from that day and if the mask was not mandatory on that particular beach. 
However, a document published by the Mensal on October 28th on management and prevention in urban parks, squares, and beaches established that it must maintain physical distance of one meter between people of the same group and that this must be five meters between different groups of people. It also says that those people who are in open spaces of beaches that are not in motion and who are two or more meters away from another person are exempt from the obligation to wear masks. Masks. In addition, the use of masks will not be mandatory for people who are making use of the swimming areas. The president later published on an Instagram story on his account and declared, quote, Yesterday, I, which was Saturday, I went for a walk on the beach, which I had not done since last year. The walk was pretty lonely until some people recognized me and asked me to take a picture. Without a doubt, I should have put on a mask, but because of the speed of with which the events occurred, I did not do it, and that was a mistake that I regret and apologize for. With coronavirus cases on the rise, we have some perhaps hopeful, hope-inspiring news about vaccines. The virus is far from under control, and authorities are already warning about a second outbreak in January. But after nine months, light is at the end of the tunnel. As more companies are developing coronavirus vaccines, several vaccines have actually been approved. Chile has struck deals with two major companies, Sinovac from China and AstraZeneca, and aims to start a vaccination campaign early next year. President Pinera announced some details of the vaccine. He said, quote, Our goal is to start the vaccination process during the first quarter of next year and ensure availability for 15.2 million Chilean citizens. According to President Pinera, those who have a higher risk of getting infected, such as health personnel and transportation personnel, among others, will be vaccinated first. Risk groups, such as elderly and chronically ill, will follow. Pinera assured that authorities are working on a nationwide distribution and vaccination plan. He said that the vaccines will be voluntary and free for all. While at least four companies are running trials in Chile, the Sinovac vaccine would be available from January. However, the Chinese vaccine is still not through the complete trial phase and approval remains pending. AstraZeneca's vaccine, which must, which must be available from March, is the second one. However, this vaccine, developed with Oxford University, has generated some scientific controversy. Earlier claims by the company that the vaccine is at least 90% efficient were disputed after trials showed participants only got one dose instead of the two necessary for a functioning coronavirus vaccine. Other tests suggest a 70% efficiency, and maybe people are growing extra legs and arms. Who could say? Stay tuned and we'll find out. I mentioned a couple episodes back um, that we wanted to host a raffle to benefit the folks living in the Ribera Sur camp. And so we are going to be hosting a little giveaway on our Instagram page. Check it out. We will post it this week. And if you want to participate, you can win a bunch of goodies. Um, we picked out some of our favorite foods and household items from Kiosk Club, <laughs> per usual. And so if you want to participate, check out our Instagram page. We will be donating all of the proceeds to Techo Chili, who will in turn um, determine how those um, proceeds are distributed to the folks living in the Ribera Sur camp. Alicia, thank you so much for doing the news. I loved it. I was definitely here listening to you do that. One hundred percent. I was one hundred percent here the whole time. You were not drinking wine I in was, a vineyard. I was not on vacation with my boyfriend in a vineyard. Absolutely not. By next to a pool. Mm-hmm. Very Actually, sunny. I was here because you guys can't tell the difference between our voices. So that was me. Also, really, is that a thing? <laughs> people don't. People can't. Mine. I feel like mine's very like groggily and. 
man-like. People have said that, but I think it's just they don't know which white girl is talking. They're like, I know a different white girl is talking, but I'm not sure if this is Alicia white girl or Bethany white girl. I hear a lot of likes and like ums, and I just don't know who they belong to. Me neither. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay, so as we told you earlier, we're doing a wine episode. We have uh, a really special guest, Jessica. Say hi. hi. Hello, hello. So Jessica, tell us about yourself. What are you doing in Chile? Sure. Well, I have been in Chile for nearly seven years. Uh, was working in travel till you know COVID, and now mm-hmm. I'm doing marketing. Um, but yeah, I love it here. The quality of life's good. The wine's good. Yeah, What's girl. not to love about living in Chile? Yeah. How long have you been here? Nearly seven years. Yeah. I'm asking her these things as if I haven't known her for seven years. Hey, I just met Jessica, yeah. so I'm jazzed. No yeah. She's yet. Canadian. So we like her already. Yeah, obviously. She's super nice. She's way nicer than us. Way we, better. Yeah. yeah. In every way. In every really. way. Her The politics there are, I mean, they're cray, but not nearly as cray as the meth lab that is the United States no. that you lived above for I mean, years. we've sealed that border since March, so... <laughs> <laughs> I want free healthcare, okay. Uh, yeah, so what about wine? Tell us about your wine experience. Sure. Um, so, growing up, my dad had a chain of wine and beer making stores, so we kind of grew up with it. When I was, like, 14 and wanted to throw a party, my dad would put a glass of wine in front of me and be like, hey, blind taste this. Tell me which three grapes are on this, and maybe you can have your party. So... Oh, it started super young. Um, and then, yeah, when I was 18, I started working at, like, high-end wine stores and um, did that all through university. I was a wine buyer, um, worked in wine marketing. Um, oh, my God. And I was managed a wine bar in the airport in Vancouver, assistant managed. Oh. Um, yeah. And then I kind of came here expecting to work in wine. But, you know, it's a little machista, a little bit... Uh, is your last name, you know, Valdivieso or not, you know, uh-huh. that kind of thing. Sure. Um, so it wasn't uh, as easy as I thought. And I found other, like, employment that I love. And just got to drink the wine, Exactly. Fine. But, you fine. know, I've done, like, freelance wine and food pairing events here in Santiago, which hopefully I will pick up again once COVID <gasps> is over. Yes, girl. I'm going to come to crap ton of those. So. Yeah. And then um, I did my sommelier certification here at the Escuela de Sommelier de Chile. Super cool. Amazing. Yeah. So if you have wine events, tell us and, and we'll advertise them on the podcast so people can come to them. And Amazing. Yeah, of course. Yeah. We all support each other. This is what the podcast is here to do. So let us know. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, okay, so now tell us what we're doing today. Yeah, so I have four wines for us to taste today, which I'm very excited about. Yeah, I'm so excited. Uh, uh, so we've got a rosé, um, a white, a red, and we'll end with a little fun, festive espumante. Mm. Um, so with the rosé, I thought we would just sort of like learn the basics of how you taste wine. Um, okay. And what the kind of step, <laughs> the official steps are. Okay, and, cool, uh, cool, cool. Yeah. How yeah. you, how you taste okay, things, so basically. Can every Wednesday be this magical? I mean, Wine it Wednesday... It can be if you, if you want it to be. Wine Wednesday exists for a reason. Wine so. Wednesday is going to be magical. I love Thursday that the pouring is getting picked up by the mic. I love that. I love it. I love it. Uh, I was pouring some pretty big pours, and I was like, we have four bottles. That's fine. My, my first appointment is at 6 p.m. tonight, so I can get a little drunk, drunk. 
take a nap now. Isn't that called like a disco nap? Yeah, I didn't know that. <laughs> it, it is now disco nap. I've never heard that. Is this a Canadian thing? I don't know. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Bethany has a guest room now. I do. So, so Alicia, we can all have a disco nap. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Y'all might have to cuddle. Pinguino, you're not invited. Uh, oh, Pinguino, do you want some? I put a glass over there for you. Great, great, great. Okay, great. So, so tell us about this. What do we do? This is a rosé that I really like from one of my favorite wineries, Calcu. It's not like super exciting or special, but it is the hands down the best value per quality I have found in this whole country. It's usually okay. like, I don't know, six or seven Luca, depending on where you get it. Mm-hmm. And they change the blend a little bit every year, but it means that they can keep the quality awesome. They handpick everything. Um, it's made with like Petit Verdot and Malbec, which are two red grapes, but they're really like flavorful, full-bodied grapes, so they make an excellent rosé. Like, nothing really gets lost. It's really fresh. Anyway, it's one of my favorites. But I thought that this would be, because it's so fruity and there's so much going on Mm -hmm. Mm flavor-wise, it'd be a good one to start with, like, how the kinds of, like, tricks and tips to really get the most out of the tasting of the wine and really think about, like, okay, what am I smelling and what am I tasting? Um, So there's a few steps. They all begin with S. So the first is sight. Ah. So you want to look at the color. So the color can tell you a few different things. Um, Basically, uh, the darker, deeper the color, often the more full-bodied the wine. Um, If it's a white wine, the more golden, it probably has like oak in it, things like that. Mm. Um, But the rosé, basically we can see it's a nice orange color. It looks like it's going to be fruity, right? It is orangey. It looks like it will be refreshing. refreshing. It does. Refrescante. So that's sight. Then we have swirl. Oh. So you want to swirl the wine, and this kind of releases the, the scents. I have free. to tell you, I swear to God, I'm going to spill this during the swirl. <laughs> then you want to smell, but you want to get your nose right in. Ooh. Ooh. What do we smell, you guys? Mm-hmm. What, what do you smell, Alicia? I smell like Kanye. It smells like Kanye? It smells like hangovers? Okay. Okay. Do we smell... smell peaches. Yeah. Ooh. Peaches. Ooh. Did you get that too? No, but now I did. Now I can smell. <laughs> All I smell is peaches. Strawberries, maybe? Yeah, 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 yeah. Apricot? Mm-hmm. Are you just guessing something orange? Yep. <laughs> um, kind of like strawberries and cream, maybe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I like it. Today we learn about the power of suggestion. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, it's not peach at all. It's strawberry and cream. Yeah. A really good way to do it, because it's hard to sort of really pinpoint exact mm-hmm. uh, fruits and things when you're not used to it, is to start really broad. So okay. do you smell something spicy? Do you smell something fruity? Do you oh. smell something vegetal? And then you're like, okay, maybe fruity. And then okay. think, okay, does it, sound, does it smell kind of citrusy? Does it smell kind of berry? kind of stone fruit, and it's a good way to sort of funnel your mind down, because you do know what all these things smell like in your daily life, um, but like out of context to sort of do it, you know, in a glass like this is tricky, yeah. but it is possible to train yourself how to do it. I have been to so many vineyards and wine people taste things, and nobody has ever explained it to me like that, and I love that because I always feel like I'm just going in blind. They're like, what does it smell like of all the smells in the world? And I'm like, um, 
Actually, I have this really cool, it's called an aroma wheel that starts with the outside um, where it's like really vague concepts. And then you yourself like go in the wheel to mm. get down to the nitty gritty. And then the inside of the wheel is like really detailed things, you know, underripe strawberry, ripe strawberry, overripe strawberry, you know, like Ooh. it really gets right into it. Um, so I have to send you that aroma okay. wheel. Oh, I need it. Okay, so now do we get to get yeah. drunk? So now we're going to sip, okay, sip and then we're going to swish. Okay, can you okay. demonstrate so a swish? Sip. The old sip and swish. Ah, okay. I see what you're doing. I see. Like Listerine, but you drink mm -hmm. it. Because you want to get it in all the areas of your mouth. Because you have taste receptors all over. So you want to get it to the back of your tongue, the sides of your tongue. Because you perceive different, like, mm. different flavors on different parts of your tongue. Do you gargle it? You can if you want. The other thing that you can do is sort of like run air over your tongue because the air and the wine kind of changes the, the taste a little bit. I've seen people do this lip thing. I see. Oh, yeah, that, that one. Mm -hmm. You just kind of like inhale air over it and you can see like how the flavor changes a little bit. Picks up the acidity a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I'm really trying to be professional here. You're nailing I'm just it. Nailing. Nailed. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So what kinds of flavors do we get on the palate? I'm getting very citrusy. Mm -hmm. Like a mandarin. Yeah. Like not like an orange, but like a more sweet citrus. Yes. <gasps> I nailed it! Yeah. I got a strawberry. Yeah. <laughs> strawberry and cream. Just a single. <laughs> to me, it's like really like that kind of fresh strawberry, like you pick mm -hmm. right off the vine. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes it's a little bitter a little mm -hmm. bit. Okay, I'll yeah. get you. Yeah, but it's not like overly jammy or anything. It's not like an overripe one. Just right, like right. You're out on a cool hike and you see a strawberry plant and it's this perfect strawberry. Mm. That kind of strawberry. Mm -mm -mm. That's how people get poisoned in the wild, Jessica. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. it's worth it. It yeah. is. It is. <laughs> Those are the hallucinogen strawberries. <laughs> so the last step is, if you're being a professional, is mm -hmm. spit into a spit bucket. Because if you're tasting all day... Uh, it really, it really creeps up on you. Yeah, that was my first uh, mistake when I went to a vineyard. I couldn't figure out why I was drunk quote and no unquote one else was. Mistake. Quote unquote mistake. When I go to a vineyard, I'm like, I'ma get drunk. Like I thought that's why people went, and then they handed I mean, me the spit bucket, and I'm like, look, I'm from Arkansas. I've seen this thing, <laughs> yeah. but I'm not necessarily wanting to. When I was as a wine buyer, I would have to go to major events with like 500 different wines at 10 o'clock in the morning, taste them all, decide what to buy, how much of each quantity oh, to sure. buy, and then go back to work. As a damn um, professional. So definitely spit. I mean, I definitely have to go back to work. But there's some today. that are just so good. You swish around in your mouth and you're like, no, yeah, that's what it. staying. It's staying in my, it's putting it in my mouth. And don't swallow. You can cut that one out. That's <laughs> <laughs> no, I like it. I like it. Sorry I'm, like, moving the microphone around, but I'm trying to figure out the best way to get everybody's face voice. Um, okay, so what were we talking about? I was drinking. <laughs> Do we like this wine, you guys? Like, that's the most important part about tasting. I love this. And the thing is, is a lot of times I don't like rosés because I find them too sweet. Mm -hmm. I don't like really sweet wines. Like, get the late harvest out of my face. Please, do, I won't drink late harvest. I can't do it. But this is really nice. I like the citrusiness. Mm -hmm. I love that I'm sounding like I know what I'm talking about right now. You do. You just tried it. You just identified these flavors, and now you're talking about what you just experienced. So you, you do, in fact, know what you're talking about. See, I like her. <laughs> See? This is great. Yeah, so what do you think? I like it. It's bubbly, and it's making me feel bubbly. Thumbs up. I love yeah. it. Yeah. My thumbs yeah, yeah, up yeah. all the way up. The other thing I like about this 
is if you're making food that's really difficult to like pair mm. properly. So like picnic foods, charcuterie boards, anything like that. This one is super versatile in terms of food pairing. Mm. So sometimes if a wine is like too tannic or heavy, it'll make certain foods taste really bitter or vice versa. Um, like there really is a science to sort of wine and food pairing. Um, but this one is very flexible. It'll go with pretty much anything. This is my go-to picnic one, for example. So have I had this before? You have definitely had okay. this before. <laughs> Because me and Jessica have been on quite a few picnics together. So that's, I was like, how's that? Okay, perfect. Um, this, I I want you to explain, it's not carbonated. I don't want to no. say it's a carbonate, but it has a little bit of Yeah, it spice? has a small effervescence, but it shouldn't. So I don't know if that's just me walking over here and mm -hmm, shaking it around mm -hmm. um, kind of thing. Um, but it's really fresh, and I think it's the citrus that gives it that kind of palate cleansing thing at the end, you know, the, yeah. kind of the same, uh, the same feeling that you would get with an espumante, you know, kind of just clears the palate at the end. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. It like cleared it. me of those tika chips that I was eating. They're just, yeah. And the coffee and the we were very oh, yes. worried about drinking coffee right before having a wine tasting. We were like, we're going to ruin the whole thing. We weren't sure if that's how you properly cleanse your palate. Or not. I mean, it isn't, but you know, how do you cleanse your palate? Um, a little bit of water, a mm -hmm. little bit of like soda crackers, like, Cracklets, something like that, you know, um, and then like maybe some sparkling water, and that really clears the palate. Where coffee does come in handy is if you're smelling a lot of wines, you can get like olfactory fatigue. And so if you just take some like coffee beans to smell in between uh, batches of wine, especially mm -hmm. if you were tasting like 50 wines and doing, you know, you did all your whites and now you're sort of changing gears to smell reds, you know, just uh, some coffee beans like that will. Is that why there's bowls of coffee beans in Bath and Body Works? Yeah, same not kind of concept. Eat, same kind of snacks. concept. If you're doing like a perfume, uh, not a tasting, I guess you wouldn't taste perfume, but uh, <laughs> you don't. <laughs> uh, you are doing it wrong. No, a, a perfume degustation, you would probably have a coffee beans. As See, well. she's Canadian. She knows French. <laughs> Oh, that was beautiful. I was like, I don't know that word in Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's the same in Spanish. Where is Degustación. Pinguino? Pinguino? Nope. I mean, it's oh, probably the it's same. I just don't know this uh, this word. It's probably the same, and I'm just like, I've already had a glass of wine, so my Spanish. Degustación? Degustación? Or maybe it's just French. Degustation. Like, Degustation. Degustation. It could just be a French word that I like think that I learned in Spanish, but I actually just learned it in French and then I'm just using God, it. You're so fucking fancy. So <laughs> you are really fancy. I'm feeling a little limited. It's funny. It's funny because I'm seeing like a new side of Jessica because usually me and Jessica have like, you know, like a relationship where we like talk about different things and we like party together and stuff. And I'm seeing like, dang, this girl, she knows her shit. I mean, I always knew like you would know your shit, which is right. While, while you're on this very professional podcast very professional but it's great it's very cool to see you this way and i'm really really enjoying this so um what's about what's the next one are you gonna drink that because if you're not gonna drink that i'm gonna drink it is this how you just yeah girl yeah 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 yeah. pinguino down that wine down that, down that wine. wine pinguino poor pinguino we always make him get drunk at these things oh exactly so what's this next one what's going so on here this is a sauvignon blanc from uh casa Marín, which is one of my all-time favorite wineries here in chile it's also one of the first i think she might have been the first but certainly uh oh, one of a vast minority of female winemakers i love that in this country uh yes and these are all chilean wines these right? are all chilean wines yes Absolutely. 
Um, so this one I really like. It's from uh, the Leda Valley, San Antonio. It's so close to the coast. Um, in fact, she was told not to plant grapes there, that it was never going to work. Mm. Uh, and she was like, mm, no, I'm going to do it. I'm a woman. I'm going to do it. it. And it's super great. So it's basically, and the rule of thumb of vines is you want to stress the vines as much as possible without killing them. And that's how you get the best wines. Oh, I am a great vine. <laughs> right? Just stress that the Alicia um, as much as possible. <laughs> but you're still you get alive. what you want. Um, and so you really Sounds want it to special. fight to for low yields. You want it to put all of its, like, energy into the grapes. Um, you know, you want it to be basically stressed. And then it, it creates, you know, the better quality grapes is basically the rule of thumb. And so these guys, it's super, like, uh, chalky limestone soil. It's, like, got a lot of salty winds. Mm. So you get these kind of really minerally kind of things. So shall we Shall we do the, okay, the swirl so, and sniff? So swish, sw sw no, sorry, swirl. So you want to see? So you see how it's, like, a little bit golden? It's not, like, as clear as some other white wines would be. I can see, like, there's fingerprints all over my yeah, glass. Yeah, I see Bethany's fingerprints. <laughs> and, um, and hers is, like, clean. you can tell she's been grabbing the stem, and I'm, like, clonk with my my oily hand. But you see how it's a bit golden? You can see there's been a little bit of oak age in it. Otherwise, okay. you know, it would be less, like, yellow, basically. I'm going to wipe this on my shirt. <laughs> then you want to swirl and sniff. Okay, swirl and swirl. I'm going to spill it. Okay, so I'm going to do the thingy of the thingy you said. I'm going to, okay, is it, wait, what is it? Do we want to write it out? Is it a person, place, a thing? Is that <laughs> like a noun? No. Okay. Um, it's a verb. Okay, so is it, for me, it smells fruity, but with an edge of something else that's not fruity, that's more material. Mm -hmm. Is it sweet or savory that you're smelling the thing? Sweet. Mm -hmm. Sweet, but like. Almost like a natural, I don't know if I'm doing this, like nature or something, mm -hmm. nature-y. What's sweet of nature? I don't know. I'm getting like a, I'm getting like a honeysuckle smell. Honey. <laughs> nice. What kinds of fruits do you get? Is it berry? Is it citrus? Is it like stone fruit? Stone getting? fruit. No, like, Wait, like not stone fruit. Stone fruit's like an apricot, right? Or like plum. Oh, with a okay, because in Canada you call it a stone, not a pit. I think we call it both. I don't know. It's just fancy smolieras, like you call it a stone. Well, in Canada we kind of like do half British, half American stuff. So oh, I, see, I, I always you. forget like where that line is sometimes. Okay. <laughs> I never heard it called a stone till I came to Chile. So that's uh, when, like stone okay. fruit, stone fruit, apricot. Yeah, definitely. Kind of like honeyed apricot. Mm. Grass. Mm-hmm. Grass is really typical of Sauvignon Blanc. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Eating grass. Cesped. Mm -hmm. Okay, so... Another... And not in this one, but another one that comes up in Sauvignon Blanc sometimes is cat pee, which is not a fault. What? <laughs> <If it's, laughs> That's all over your yeah, house right if now. If it's a little pepper? bit, like, acidic... Like, what kind of pepper? It's like a black... Almost like a green pepper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's probably like in the grass family, you know, like an herbaceous note. One of my favorite white wines, and it's a little bit of Flytown white wine. I know it's like a $2,000 bottle of wine. But, like, the reason I like it is because it smells and kind of tastes like green bell pepper. Mm -hmm. And I like it. Yeah. Green bell pepper is often, in reds anyway, is often a sign of being underripe. Picked up Really? Ripe. We're going to get into that later because I got stuff to say about this red wine. Damn. <laughs> Shots fired? 
Okay, so cool. let's uh, sip, swirl, and spit or swallow. I'm, girl, I always swallow. Focus <laughs> <laughs> in my stick. It's so interesting how it pings on different. Mm -hmm. I don't know how that's helpful because I'm like, I'm getting, oh, ah, yeah. my ADD, my ADD. It helps you get the much. full, you know, mouthfeel because you get the acidic parts kind of on the side of your tongue. Yeah. But I, I, my ADD is like, I can't pinpoint anything specific when I'm swishing. So this one I really like because of the soil and the salty winds it gets and all that kind of stuff. Um, you get a more of a mineral note, like kind yeah. of like wet stones in a river Ooh. or like flintiness or something yeah, like that. Yeah, like you said, the woman with the, by the beach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's that's because of where her winery is. Yeah. So this is what we call terroir. So terroir re refers to basically. I mean, it really just means dirt in French, but <laughs> it, it refers to just basically the environment that that the grapes are grown in. And environment, or the grapes are very susceptible to terroir because they take a lot of their uh, qualities from the soil and from the wind and everything. So you could have the same grape grown 30 meters away and it'll taste completely different and in fact that's what i think is really cool about casamarine in particular so they grow their grapes all crazy on these steep like parts of the cliff and all this kind of stuff but they recognize that they have such a variety of terroir in their winery that almost all of their wines are single vineyard so they're gonna say like mm -hmm. okay this patch is more similar than the others and they're gonna they're gonna block it off and they're gonna create one wine with those grapes i think um, that's that, that sound i Girl, I think like as if I have an opinion, but it sounds smart. It sounds like very professional and like a better way to do it. That way you're like not drinking two different bottles in one night and being like, the fuck is this? Like, but I mean, normally what a winery would do in that scenario is just harvest them all, put them all together oh. and ferment them, which is the other way to do it. But they like the idea that in their small little vineyard, well, it's not that small, but small compared to like Conchitoro, they have all of these really specific cool little micro uh, environments mm -hmm, and they want to mm -hmm. showcase that. And so pretty much everything that uh, they do at Casamarine is like single vineyard. And mm. it's really like a very small specific area that they got these grapes from um, because of their particular you know, terroir. I love it. Mm -hmm. Terroir. Terroir. Am I pronouncing that? No, you got it. Ah! <laughs> what about their yeasts? Do they use like wild yeast? Um, these guys, I don't think so very much. Mm -hmm. Um, wild yeast is tricky, uh, and it often uh, has a very particular flavor. Like you get more savory flavor okay. sometimes from using wild yeast. They do it a lot in South Africa. Um, this one, I don't believe so. Okay. It, but it, it's it's a lot trickier for the winemaker. They have to really know what they're doing to be using wild yeasts. Can I drink normal now? Yes, please do. Oh, okay, I was like, I'm waiting <laughs> for the next rule, but wait, we did the three the three S's. <laughs> and um, what do you taste in this one? Um, particularly, which I find interesting about wine, what did you expect mm. to taste when you smelled it that you didn't taste? It tastes sweeter than I thought it would, I guess. I 100% agree. Like, I expected this. Well, I don't know if I, because it smells like honey, right? Mm -hmm. So I expected a very sweet, honey-ish taste. It's not. It's very, it's it's nice. And like I said earlier, I don't like super, super sweet wines. Mm -hmm. It is sweet. It's nice. I feel like it's a nice casual, like it's hot outside. Let's sit on the balcony and let's sip some wine. So technically it's not sweet at all, but oh, by the chemistry of it. Oh. Um, so they calculate sweetness of wine um, in base, what they call bricks. So basically like the, sh the 
volume of sugar. Bricks, like as in cocaine bricks? <laughs> no, B-R-I-X. Oh! Um, and yeah, so okay. it's just like, it's like a, a chemistry kind of thing about, you know, the sugar content of the grapes and the sugar content. So then, of course, the yeast eats the sugar to create the alcohol. Um, and there's a mathematical equation in there that gives you something called degrees bricks. See, we told you guys, science and math. <laughs> yes, science. We're going to talk about science and math. And, okay, so you beer sometimes. You know some mm. stuff about beer. Is any of this sounding familiar to you? Yeah, a lot of it sounds familiar. And I was going to ask you, do you have to look for, when you're tasting wines, um, um, professionally, do you have to look for things like off flavors? Like, is diacetol a thing? Absolutely, definitely, okay. absolutely. Something smells like when you know when you freshly open a pack of band aid band aids. You know that smell all the time. Yeah, just oh, popping band aids. Yeah, you know there's stuff like that or yeah. like rotting chrysanthemums is a really particular fault in Ooh. wine that's gone on. Specifically, green pepper is often a fault in wine. Oh really? <laughs> I like. Okay, so. Does that say something about my palate that I like green pepper flavor? No, I mean, I mean, when we get more to the red wine after, we're gonna. Talk I mean, this a is a white. About... The one that I'm talking about specifically is a white. Yeah, I mean, it's not. If you like it and you like it, and that's great. But really, green pepper comes from picking underripe grapes. Mm. And in Chile, it's been really championed as like, oh, this is fine. Oh, green pepper. And it's a conchitoro, the one that I told where, you. Where kind of I was like, you know, in a professional setting, wine tasting in Canada, if you're like, oh, that's green pepper, it's a fault. It's an underripe wine. The grapes didn't mature enough, but you know, because of the whole Carmenere thing, which we'll go into in a little bit, the palate in Chile is is sort of more like accepting of that as not a fault. Right, because in Chile, a lot of their really good wines, correct me if I'm wrong, they export. Like a lot of stuff that Chileans drink aren't even the best quality of the wines, or no? Yeah, no, um, yeah, a little bit. I mean, kind of. But okay. what Chile did in the like mid '90s was flood the market with all of their cheap stuff, like all of the cheap table wine. And mm -hmm. so, in an international standpoint, Chile's been struggling now for a couple decades to like show that they have more than just table wine. Okay. Um, and so, like working in a wine store, you know, in Canada, someone would come in and be like, "I have a hundred dollars. I want a really special bottle." And I could show them a really great hundred dollar bottle of Chilean wine and a really great hundred dollar bottle of Argentinian wine, and they would just be like, "I'm going to go with the Argentinian wine because." it's probably better because Chile is table wine. Um, gotcha. And this really In came... so many instances. Yeah, and it's like, but actually the $100 Chilean wine is probably way better than this like two-dimensional Malbec, no offense, Argentina. Um, but like, it's just, it's been hard to sort of re-educate people that it's not just green peppery table wine. Interesting. You know, mm -hmm. and so now in the last kind of decade or 15 years, it's it's finally starting to do the switch. But it's been a really big hard sell to sell Chilean wine at a, at a higher price point than just your basic table wine. Interesting. It probably doesn't help that every time I go to the U.S., which to be fair, um, I am from Arkansas, so their wine palette is, when I say horrible, I mean like muscadine wine is like the thing there, like wild, wild grapes. Yeah. But you don't know a lot about which, and then they sometimes even add like extra sugars, which like girl. So anyway, palate really bad. You go to a place and they're selling ciento veinte, like the worst wine you can get in Chile besides Gato and Close, like for like twenty bucks. And I'm like, if you serve me, and I've had friends who have like bought like ciento veinte because of like Chile, let's do the Chile part. And I'm like, oh girl, I'm not gonna drink that. I'm gonna get so hungover with that. And so that doesn't help either, I'm assuming. No, because that's what they see, and they think like, oh, well, Chilean wine's supposed to be cheap. And so then you see a $30 bottle or a $40 bottle, you're like, why would I buy that? Right. It tastes like 
crap, 120. Exactly. And so they think like Chilean wine shouldn't be $40. It's a $4 wine. Yeah. Um, and so it's definitely, you know, st- struggling to overcome that internationally. I will say that I feel like since I've lived here, because I've been here for like seven years like you, mm-hmm. since I've lived here on an international scale when I travel and I tell people I'm from Chile, people have been mentioning more, oh, wine, since I've lived here. Mm-hmm. So I feel like they are, maybe that's just my perception of... No, they uh, are. And it's like a big push also from like local wineries coming together to do special projects. Um, there's Wines of Chile that's pretty heavily funded um, abroad that puts on wine tastings and stuff. So there's been a really big concerted effort to kind of fight that stereotype of Chilean wine being cheap, shitty table wine, of which it does do a lot. Like, Conchitaro is the single largest wine producer on the globe. So, like, in terms of volume, you know, so it, you know, Chile really does no take idea. up a large portion of the table wine market. And so it's just the more, um, you know, higher-end wineries that want to also be respected as, you know, really delicious, proper Chilean wine. Yeah, and I mean... When I went to Argentina, sorry, last time, you know, I went to a little boutique winery and they were like, you know, what Conchitoro does is very industrial. Mm-hmm, absolutely. It's, it's quantity. So, it's it's quantity and sometimes over quality. Not that they don't have good quality uh, uh, wines. I'm sure they do. It's just But their... you could buy the same bottle of Bicicleta Cabernet mm. every year for 20 years and it's going to taste the same. You know, like they have really it down like to a size. Oh yeah, it's a great like table wine to have on hand. Mm-hmm. Like it's not that, but like they they want they don't want it to be particularly like ooh interesting. Right. They want it to be the same every time. You pick up that bottle, you know what to expect. It's well priced, and that's their market, and that's great. And that consistency is difficult to like. And that consistency is difficult. Mm-hmm. This re- so you have to have respect for that too. Exactly, um, but because like that sort of mass production wine, yeah, has flooded the international market. You know, it's been it's been an uphill battle for some of the more special winemakers. Right. Interesting. Mm-mm-mm. What do we think of this wine? Do I we like, like it? I like this wine. I think it's super delicious. I could drink the shit out of this in the summer. I like it. Yeah. What kind of food do we think that this would pair with? I pair with fish. Mm-hmm. I think I do like a nice fish. Any fish. Yeah. Um, fish. A, a book. <laughs> <laughs> You know what this one's really good with? Because it's not your typical Sauvignon Blanc from like Casablanca Valley, which I do love, but they tend to be fresher, more acidic, a little bit more like lime peel. Mm-hmm. This one I really like. It's a little bit more like a Bordeaux style, like a French mm. style because it's been heavier. They age it in French oak, so it has some mm. of those flavors, um, but it still has that kind of acidic finish. This is really good with like blue cheese or really sharp Ooh. cheese. Yes, cheese. I have yeah. some sharp cheese. Because it kind of coats the tongue, but mm. it's also like has a really clean like finish. It does coat the tongue. Mm-hmm. I still taste it mm-hmm. as it is not in my mouth. So this is called... The finish. And so when you're doing like really professional wine buying, you sort of count the seconds that you can still taste it in your mouth. And so the longer that you can taste it after your last sip, it's like usually quite good. If you swallow it and you don't taste it anymore, then, you know, okay. Long finish good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so we can all still taste this in our mouth, right? Like you're still. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, the the bigger the finish. The bigger the finish. Oh, the better it is. Yeah. <laughs> Alicia, <laughs> I love you right now. I love you. You're just like looking around and oh, so excited. I'm so happy. I feel so warm. Yeah. That's wine does that. Okay, I'm going to finish this off. Yeah, yeah. So mm. next, I have a Carignan. Wow, you're so good at that. 
Oh, God, I love that sound. Oh, my gosh, one-handed, too. I am so impressed right now. God, she's such a fucking professional. <laughs> Except I just most... spelled on you. That's okay. That's There's okay. No um, I like getting wet. Get real professional. So I have brought for the red today a cutting yen, which is a little bit of a bold choice because... I don't know. Do you guys know the story of Carmenera in Chile? Oh, that's all everybody talks about when you go to like a vineyard, I feel like. They're like, it was French, but now it's ours. Now it's France. ours. Famine, right? Sort of. Okay. So basically... Um, don't yet. Not yet. I'm drunk. sorry. No, no I smelled it. Oh, smell I just right. smelled it. Basically, there was an issue in Europe in like, well, 1800s. Mm-hmm. I don't remember numbers very well. I remember we one don't do very math. well, but no, Math right. is actually not allowed on this podcast. And it was called phylloxera, and it was this little aphid bug thing that attacked all the rootstocks in Europe, and it like decimated the European industry. And it was actually uh, the quote-unquote new world um, that saved the wine industry in Europe because you're welcome. The grape vines of the 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 grapes indigenous to the Americas um, were immune to this phylloxera, so they would graft some of their old vines onto New World uh, roots to be mm-hmm. able to keep propagating their vines. So we like we like single handedly saved them. You're welcome, Yara. You're welcome, Yara. So one of the things that happened during this big phylloxera issue was that so. I was talking about Bordeaux before, right. about how it's the wine that's meant to be aged, uh-huh. um, and it's a very complicated blend of a bunch of grapes, mm-hmm. um, one of which used to be Carmenere. Um, but they thought Carmenere went extinct in Europe due to this phylloxera, um, and so they just sort of started making it without Carmenere. So Carmenere was always a blending grape, first of all. It was always in really like small, between 3 to 5 you know, percent in the wines, that kind of thing. Always a bridesmaid, never a bride. Exactly. And then they thought it went extinct, and they didn't bother to replace it. They said, okay, bye. Because if it's not in Europe, then where the fuck is it? Nowhere. So they thought it was extinct. And then they found it growing here, and it was growing as like Merlot, um, and they were bottling it as Merlot. But Merlot ripens really early, and Carmenere doesn't, which is sort of how it got into this palette uh, in Chile of accepting green pepper as kind of part of of their palette. Oh. So when they found out that they were growing Carmenere, they were like, oh my god, this is awesome. We've resurrected this, this grape. And then, of course, it's this beautiful story, and Chile wants to capitalize on that. But, like, honestly, the climate is not good for Carmenere here. Mm. There's certain areas where it's quite good. I'm not saying there aren't good Carmenere's in this country. Like, Los Vascos is a really good one. But it's just such a poor... If we're trying to say to the world, like, we do great, high-quality wine, here, have this Carmenere, this is our, like, specialty, and then everyone's like, okay, well, if that's your, like, top thing to offer, then I definitely don't want to hear anymore. Yeah, so they're, once again, international market, Chile struggling. And everybody wants to grow Carm. Like, I'm not sure you can be a Chilean winery without having a Carmenere on your thing. And it's like, it's... Carmenere is difficult to grow. It needs a long growing season. It doesn't ripen early. And what it really needs is a really high temperature difference between night and day. So it needs cold nights. It needs hot. It likes to be kind of shocked. So it's really good in in some little valleys in the Colchagua Valley. I'm going there this weekend. Yeah. Like there's some really, there are some very good Carmenere's. But as a whole, like it makes me sad that like that's what Chile's trying to present to the world. Like this is our flagship. Enter... Carignan. So Carignan, to me, should be the flagship of Chile. It is such a cool grape. It's super full-bodied. It does really well in the climate, and it really changes its uh, flavor and everything with the terroir. And of course, 
the terroir. Oh, okay. <laughs> and of course, Chile has such a huge, like, a variety of climates and soils and mountains and coasts yeah. um, that this is just such a cool grape to taste from all the different regions because it really adapts to that region and you get something really fruity or jammy or you get something really acidic or and mm. like refreshing or you'll get all of these different spicy notes or things like that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and it's well known in Chile amongst the sort of like really serious winemakers that it should be cutting in. And so a lot of winemakers uh, of some of the higher-end wineries got together um, and they created a label called Vigno, V-I-G-N-O, where they all bottle and sell Kerignan under this one label called Vigno instead of their own in an attempt to say like, to create like trust with this new grape varietal um, and for people to realize that, you know, like label trust basically. So okay, okay. if you see a Kerignan, you're going to want to to buy it right yeah so i know it's like an unpopular opinion in chile to uh trash talk getting a cabernet but me and alicia (laughs) often have unpopular opinions we got called libtards recently so uh we often have unpopular opinions apparently yeah and do you think we're libtards comment comment let us know let us know so this is a carrying in it's from one of my favorite producers blue hands again very well priced good quality they handpick all their stuff uh, in the Maule Valley, um, so they have you know really warm kind of climate. You get really good ripe grapes. Um, Catalan likes a really dry climate. It's very drought resistant, so that works super <laughs> well in for Chile. Chile. Uh, <laughs> that kind of thing. So shall we do our? Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. I, okay. Our... So first swirl, first swirl. I got the swirl down. I'm so good. It smells this. nice. I don't know why, but it smells nice. Oh, man. I'm just getting berries galore. Mm -hmm. I'm getting, yeah, raspberries, blueberries, blackberries. Yeah, berries, as they say in Chile. Berry. Berries. Something smooth. Something like... um, Blueberry. Specifically blueberry. I'm getting all sorts of arondinos. On the nose? On the nose! On the nose! Yes! Amazing. (laughs) I think that's the title of our episode. Arondinos on the nose! Chilean wine tour. It smells like mm, some kind of spice in there, maybe. Chai. Something, yeah, like cinnamon. Something you might bake with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like oh. vanilla. Oh, it does oh. smell like vanilla. Yes! Psychology. <laughs> caramel. A little bit of like a caramel. Mm-hmm. Why am I Definitely. getting chai? Because like all of those. Uh, spices are not chai. Oh, yeah, there you <laughs> go. Toffee, toffee, a little bit of toffee. Toffee! Yeah. Kind of okay. like some like leather? Some. Maybe some leather. But then after you said leather... Tobacco, no, I'm... Maybe? After you said leather, I got something really sharp. Maybe licorice? <gasps> <laughs> Yes. That's the reason I'm smelling chai, because star anise. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, girl, I, oh, I'm so good. I'm basically, I'm basically a professional right now. I mean, maybe your sommelier certification adds. I would speak. love to do something like that, but I would want to take, like, of course, a beginner course. I realize, like, I can't just, like, jump in. Like, no, I need to take. Do you have any suggestions about, like, beginner courses? I mean, for sort of internationally recognized ones, there's always the W sets. Um, wine and spirits educational trust. I think I don't think I want to be a like like international regular. I just they do offer that here, but if you were going to move around in your life, it just 
be like you could take level one here and level two if you were living in Germany in four years kind of thing because the curriculum is pretty standard. I went to the Escuela de Sommelier de Chile and I really liked them. They were really good people, affordable class. English or Spanish? Spanish. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So listeners, if you want to do that, it's probably going to be a Spanish class. I mean, in Chile, I think so. It's the kind of thing that's hard to do remotely because of the sort of access to the wines and the curriculum kind of issue. <laughs> Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I got you. Yeah. But of course, we're going to post which wines. So if you want to buy these wines before and drink them with us, heck yeah, do that. Ooh, yeah. That'd yes. be fun. Where That's can we? So um, the three wines you've tried so far, where can we get those? Um, the three of these wines come from Santiago Wine Club mm-hmm. and the Rosé, the Calcu that we started with. Um, that one you can get from, where did I buy that? Mundo del Vino. Nice. Okay, so all of those places. Santiago Wine Club is in La Sadia, and they do deliver. So I think Mundo, Mundo del Vino also delivers. They so do. if you're just like wanting to, you know, we're, we took pictures of the wine. We'll post those pictures too and put the names. Um, if you want to test them with us, pause this right now. Go buy them and rewind. There you go. So so we've done this. The, the, we've we've done the sniffing. Uh, are we ready for the sip, swish, and spit yeah, and or swallow? Let's. Mm. Mm. Ooh. It's much di- very different after a woo. Mm-hmm. Wood. Yeah. Smoky campfire. Mm-hmm. Smoky campfire girl. Big in my Arkansas. Don't you just already want a like typical Chilean asado mm. with this? You want some pebre. You yes. want some <laughs> I want some meat right off the grill. Mm-hmm. Let's some fresh maraqueta. Let's oh uh, yeah, girl, let's do an asado right now. Right now. I do have some frozen meat, but it's going to take a while to dethaw. Well, we have our disco nap, so. Disco nap. Yes. Like, disco nap, rally, doing asado, just cancel the rest of work for the day. Please. Just do that. Can we please? <laughs> I'm into it. <laughs> oh, my God. I love this. My boyfriend would absolutely love it. He loves anything asado-related, whether it's candles. Like, why would we want our apartment to smell like, literally, what is it called? Campfire is his favorite candle scent, and it's only available around Christmas, and every single year we buy, like, four of them. That's interesting to me because he likes sort of the enclosed kitchen so that the smells stay in there that he would then turn and have a but campfire he, But candle. we will asado on the balcony, and he'll leave everything open. So it's the campfire situation that I think he likes. He would love this, for okay. sure. I think, I think this is our anniversary wine. I think I agree. Yeah, I th- no, well, no. I think I texted you and was like, "What oh, should we drink for our anniversary?" And you oh, told me this I wine. Did. Yes, I think it this is. was this was our anniversary I, wine. And the thing is, he loved it because I did tell of, you to buy this. That was one. a coincidence. I coincidence. remember now. Yeah, yeah, I didn't remember that till now. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So if you're that type of person that likes the smoky things, and you're like my boyfriend, uh, hey, this will be the wine for you, man woman and i really like it because it's it's full bodied but like it's almost like you want to chew on it kind of when you have it in your mouth i feel like there's a lot going on i yeah there's a lot going on but it's not dark like if you hold it up to the light it's still kind of light i mean i can't see through it when i say that but <laughs> i feel i can see the bottom of the wine glass is what i'm trying to say mm-hmm. yeah it's a little more like brick color instead of like a rich purple yeah i like it i i like it a lot girl Good. Thank you for the suggestion. Of course. And so this is sort of why I feel like this is such a 
better suited wine varietal to Chile, to Chile's terroir, to Chile's culture with the food and asados. And, mm, you yeah. know, like, and also when you think about the kind of cuisine that Chile does really well, you know, like comfort food, empanadas, and yeah. um, what's, that, choclo. what's that soup with the pig's feet in it? <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't have pig's feet. Cazuela. That one. doesn't have pig's feet. You know, all of those kinds of like wintry, like, yeah. um, you know, the, the food Vita. that Chile does so yeah, well. Yeah. Like, and, and this goes with all of that kind of cuisine. Um, so much better than Carmenere ever would. I wow! I'm I feel enlightened. I don't know if it's because I've just drank three glasses of wine, but <laughs> I feel super educated, enlightened. I love it. I love it. I love it. So I thought we would end with a little palate cleanser with an espumante. Do we need to wash our glasses? Well, when I pour this one, I'm going to pour just like a splash that yes. you can swirl in your glass to clean it oh. out, and then. Cool. God, you're such a professional. Ooh, girl. Here we are. So this grape is called the Pais grape, which is also very historical for Chile. Like Pais? Pais. Oh. Like P-A-I-S? P-A-I-S. I with the accent on it. Pais. Pais. Ah, like country. Mm -hmm, exactly. So this was one of the first... Uh, vines brought over here by the uh, conquistadors, by the settlers taking indigenous land. The colonists. Uh, the colonists. Okay. <laughs> uh, it w and uh, so they brought the pais over here because it's low maintenance. It's not fussy. You can grow it in like a bush that they call un cabeza. So you don't have to like vine it or trellis it. Uh, this is the grape that's in like all that jug wine, pipeño, for example. Really? Mm -hmm. It's super, like, unfussy, you know, rugged country wine. wine this is like temple. a sexy pipeño. Yeah. So, pipeño for me, when they make it into, it's a red grape, and when they make it into red wine, it's just a little bit light. It's a little bit lacking. Like, there's not a lot going on. Um, but I find when you make a pais into a rosé, in particular, a sparkling rosé, mm -hmm. um, that you can really get some of the cool, good qualities out of pais. Okay. So, that's how I like to have pais. Uh, is that why it's so popular in the SEO Because it's called País para la Patria. No? Maybe. It's also no. just the cheapest. No, I mean, okay. we were talking about Gato Negro and stuff before, but I'm talking about, like, the jugs. Yeah, yeah. Like, the pipeño <laughs> that you put into, like, the just, like, plastic, it's like, solo cup with the, with the piña sorbet. So, sorry. I, I digress. Uh, pais. Pais, yes, in a rosé form. So for me, I like this as a little bit of a palate cleanser. You know, the bubbles really clean, clear the palate. It uh, goes really well with like a cheese plate mm -hmm. or like nuts, meats, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. And yeah, it's a grape that's uh, super integral to the development of the wine industry in Chile. Yeah, so with an espumante, with um, a sparkling wine, do you also do the same S's? You don't swirl. That's okay. the one that you leave out because it's going to uh, dissipate the bubbles too much. Okay. Um, so you do all of the steps except swirl. And when you swish around your mouth, uh, just be a little bit more gentle because otherwise it'll just explode sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wants me to spit, especially without someone recording. So a little bit just more gentle when you do the swish in your mouth. Right, right, but right, otherwise right. the same steps. Okay, okay. So. Oh, it smells great. What do you smell? Bubble gum. Absolutely. Oh, I forgot to smell. Oh, now I really like. 
I smell something sharp, but I can't tell if it's the other one. I kind of smell like, um, you know those fuzzy peach candies? It tastes like peaches. Yes! Oh my god, fuzzy <coughs> peach candies! It tastes like peaches. It's yeah. It's really nice. Peaches, beaches. My student's favorite oh. word to say. Beaches? Right, because they always right. say bitches instead of beaches. Ejo de playa. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, it smells just like bubblegum. And happiness and hope. The it hope I like had when I was a So youth. if you are losing hope in 2020, we're almost there, guys. We're almost there. 2021. Um, if you're losing hope, which shouldn't be because we're getting a new constitution. But if you're losing hope because you're not wanting a new constitution or something like that, try this. What do we think on the palette versus oh, on the Oh, I haven't So bright. It is. It's really bright. It's really refreshing. I just want to hug someone. I want to bathe in this. This is delicious. This is my favorite. So by this far. is uh, from Schrader Wines, which I really like. They do a lot of really good stuff. This, this is, is delicious. Santiago mm-hmm. Wine Club, also right. Absolutely, Santiago Wine Club. They also. are great. They are a small like boutique. They do have several shops, but they started out as a small boutique um, shop. They're in Lasaria, um, like I think across the street from Wonderland. If you mm-hmm. guys go to that, which is also a great place for brunch. But they don't serve alcohol. So get your Santiago Wine Club party on, then go to Wonderland. And um, it's a really, really great place to to buy really nice wines for a really affordable price. And they support um, people like the Chistolas. So that's really great. Final thoughts, yeah. Jessica? Is there anything else you want to teach us? Um, just like instead of promoting Carmen Air, let's go hard for the Kenyan. I'm hard for Kenyan. I'm always hard. I should go to the hospital. <laughs> oh my gosh. Thank you so much for coming. Um, this was awesome. Yes. Thank you so much. We might do like another episode with you if you're cool with that with Absolutely. other wines or like wine pairings. That would be fun. We should do yeah. a food and wine pairing. Okay. We should yes. pair Chilean food with Chilean yes. wine. Oh my gosh. I love that idea. So um, we're going to let you know now that you guys know Jessica, we're going to let you know when her events are once we got vaccines. Um, vacunas, vacas, you know, we all got all of those things going on. We're going to let you know. And, um, thank you so much for tuning in. Jessica, if people want to hire you to do dinners and events, where can they find you? They can find me on Instagram. Uh, do you want me to tell? Yeah. 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 So my Instagram handle is like Jessica with a Z. Uh, Sasakaya, like the wine. We'll put a link in our... We'll we'll put a link um, in our thing for you to contact Jessica if you want to do... I know she's done yoga wine. She's done really cool things. She does events. If you want to have like a small COVID-friendly event in your apartment or something... Absolutely. Jessica is here available for you to hire and she's amazing. So knowledgeable, obviously, as you can tell. And we had to like, you know, obviously... She could probably tell us more stuff, but we're we we don't understand things. So not now. Not not anymore. Not yeah. So thank wine. you so much for tuning in and stay safe and don't promote Carmen Air. Provo- promote Karen Yun. Karen Yun. Karen Yun. Thanks guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.